season three of the Zero to 100 podcast is underway, folks. We're back. We're in action right outside the district, live on location. Zero to 100 podcast, episode number 20. I'm your host, Nate Rubenstein. Alongside me are my two guests, missing one. The Rock and Gats are here. We gave uh, the producer on the ones and twos, Max Har, a vacation. He's taking some PTO, uh, but he'll be back soon, hopefully for uh, the middle of, of season three. We'll miss him, just as we missed Gats last week. Carl, give us a little bit of a lowdown on what you had going on. Why, why were you not here on the pod? Which one do you want me to use? Uh, use that one. Uh, I was down in, in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. My younger mm. sister, she had her big signing day for University of Mizzou Shout Gymnastics. So that was that was a good time. Very proud. Big brother moment there. There you go. Looking forward to uh, going out to see some Tigers games and, and meets. And, um, yeah, how's that How's that going to change your, your college football fandom? Are you going to be still rooting for the Terps hard? Is it going to be – are you going to be more of a Missouri fan? How is that going to go? Right now, what I envision, obviously for hoops, I'm a Cuse fan, just kind of randomly. Yep. But for football, big-time Terps, and I think I'm going to start following Missouri football, mm. but not really follow them for basketball. I'll just stick with Cuse. Yeah. Can't have too many followers. You can't have too many college yeah. teams. It gets too confusing. It does. It does. But uh, cool. Well, we're glad you're back. Episode 20. Matt, what, what did you have going on this week? Uh, this week, I'm just working. On the weekend. (laughs) Working on the weekend like usual? Uh, Weekend, I watched the... Masters? Oh, the Masters a little bit. Watched Tech lose again. So that was good. Mm. Not surprised there. Who did they lose to? Uh, Who did they play? Um, Liberty? No, it wasn't. Liberty was not last weekend, but the week before that, they lost to... uh, Fuck. It's all right. They lost. Anyways. Miami. 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 Yeah, so lost by one point to Miami, I believe. Um, Welcome to Miami. And then, yeah. I mean, so then I watched football on Sunday. <laughs> and that's pretty much it, honestly. Pretty chill weekend. Speaking of the Masters, though, I got to come on here and, and gloat a little bit. I did pick the winner. The outright winner. Wow, Dustin, that, was a, that was a really tough Johnson. Pick. It was a safe pick. I admitted it. We all picked safe picks, except for you. You picked. I was gonna say I didn't. Who yeah. are you gonna pick? Were you gonna pick? No. Remember when I was saying there? I'm like, oh, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Dustin. And you were like, well, I think I'm gonna go with that. So I was like, oh, actually, you're right. You're the, right do you remember right. that? Yeah. But I don't remember it being. You no. Know, yeah, you're probably. right. That's exact. No, that's what happened. But then I was like, well, if you're gonna do that, if you already have that set, then I'm gonna go somewhere else. Yeah. Who do you think? At least so- he made the cut. Morikawa made the cut. So he didn't make the cut. He didn't look like the he, he wasn't player. total shitty. And uh, you had JT. JT was well, played well. He was, he was yeah, playing well, really especially good. after after Thursday and, and Friday's round. Yeah, yeah, Max had Rom, so yeah. he was up there as well. Yeah. Like we said, all, all safe all picks. Really safe. <laughs> all really good. Nothing out of the box. All safe picks, except for Morikawa. Yeah. Um, so now the next golf major is going to be the Masters. the Masters. So, I mean, it's going to be right around the corner. It's going to be here before you know it. Who has the biggest advantage for the Masters out of the folks that are, I guess, on top right now? Like, Because I feel like Dustin is hot right now. 
Dustin is on fire when it, and, and he's been playing some really good golf. I think that not being in a major or the next major being the Masters, he actually is at a disadvantage because he's kind of riding a big, a big stream right now and now he's going to kind of, he's not going to be at every tournament. He's not going to be at all these little PGA Tour tournaments. So yeah. I feel like that some of these guys that, like, like a Morikawa, who's young and playing in a lot of PGA Tour tournaments, might actually have an advantage because now you're going into the off season, and maybe I'm just talking mumble jumble, but like you're going into the off season where a lot of the big names aren't going to go to the tournaments, and uh, he's going to get a lot of play. He already he just saw the course, the 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 Masters, so we'll see. But I feel like Dustin's actually at a disadvantage, even though he just won the Masters. I don't know. I feel like the course will probably play a lot different though, because like with all the rain and like all the moisture from the fall. Like, it should be a lot drier in April, right, you would assume? Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. Like, a lot of people were talk on, on all the golf podcasts that I listened to. A lot of people said, like talked about how, oh, you could put an asterisk next to this Masters because everything was sticking. It's not typical. Yeah. It wasn't typical Masters shape. Whereas in March, or it's in March, is it March or April? Beginning of April. April. Yeah. April, yes. Beginning of April, uh, everything bounces off. You're not, you're not able yeah. to stick anything. So, yeah. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, it's very hard to predict those golf tournaments. Um, so we'll see what happens. But we're not here to talk about golf, even though we should give a shout out to our partner, The Morning Read, uh, a great golf platform that hosts our podcast, the Zero to 100 podcast. If you don't follow it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud, you could get there. Um, and they also have some great golf content, other podcasts, other video content. Be sure to check it out. We're here to discuss the best jersey num- best athletes to wear specific jersey numbers, and today we're talking about episode number twenty. Uh, and there's a lot of a lot of players, a lot a lot of players. Uh, we actually had a long list coming into this that we had to cut down, had to make some tough cuts. Um, you know, everyone anybody could have made this list out of, out of the ones on, on our big master list, but we had to cut it down. We only had so much time to talk about these folks. Um, well, as we always do, though, Matt. Who is the first person we're going to talk about? Um, honestly, I'd like to kick it off with uh, one of the might be my pick, but we'll get to that later. Is uh, Barry Sanders? Ooh. Wow! So tell us um, about Barry. Yeah, so Barry Sanders, one of the best running backs in the history of the NFL, um, if not the best. I mean, the dude was. He was pretty much unstoppable for his whole career. Um, arguably the most elusive running back uh, in the history of the NFL. Literally, I don't think. I there. I mean, I haven't really. I didn't really get to watch him growing up or anything because his career ended in like '98. It looks like. Mm-hmm. So, but like watching highlights of the dude is just like uh, I don't know. It's kind of incredible. It's like. It's honestly, it's really, I mean, it's just like fun. Like, we just throw up a YouTube video of Barry Sanders. You're like, how is this dude doing that? <laughs> um, literally would run like 20 yards right, 20 yards left, like, and still gain like 50 yards. I mean, he's extremely elusive. Um, so he played his whole career with the Detroit Lions. And uh, like I said, he's pretty much racked up yards, touchdowns, anything you can imagine every single year. Um and let me just jump into his all-time career statistics here. 
Uh, fifteen, a little bit over fifteen thousand yards. He averaged five yards an attempt, pretty good, and ninety nine touchdowns for his uh, like ten seasons there. So, um, ten time Pro Bowler, so it's every every season. single year he <laughs> six time All Pro for his ten years, which is incredible. One, only a one time MVP, which is kind of crazy because you'd think. I mean, maybe some other QBs and stuff were getting it in that time period, but. 89 AP Offensive Rookie of the Year, Hall of Fame All 90s, 1990s team, rightfully so. I mean, he's a six-time All-Pro. And, um, yeah, like I said, one of the best to ever do it. And he also has a like a long list of NFL records here that I'll go through. Most seasons of 1,100 or more rushing yards at 10, tied with Walter Payton. Most consecutive seasons with 1,100 or more rushing yards at 10. Most seasons, 1,300 or more yards rushing, 9. Tied with Walter Payton. So as you can see here, Walter Payton was pretty good as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most seasons, 1,400 or more yards rushing with 7 of those. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on here. It's filthy. Um, Just filthy, and it sucks because he kind of left at the, maybe not the height of his career, but pretty close to it, so he could have... Um, you know, ascended even more than he did. So, where does he fall on top running backs of all time? Uh, I mean, for me, I'd say he's a top three running back of all time. Yeah. I don't know. I who would that list be made up of? Probably him, Emmett Smith, Walter, Walter Payton. Payton. Uh, I don't know what order, but uh, those three are probably the top three. I'd say. And how many did Barry have a Super Bowl? No, he no, unfortunately never made a Super Bowl, which the Lions, sucks. They were, they were trapped. Yeah, because the Lions were so bad except for him. Did he ever leave the Lions, though? No, right? No, he was just he was just on... All Detroit. All Detroit. Motown, baby. Very, uh, very loyal. Um, and uh, No one's trading that man. <laughs> They're giving them whatever He also he won... Uh, didn't he win the Heisman? He did. He won the Heisman. Where'd he go? He went to Oklahoma State, I believe. He was a cowboy. I have it up here. How about them cowboys? How about yeah, them and cowboys? he he did win the Heisman. Um, uh, let's see, and he's like one of the greatest. It's also one of the greatest seasons in college football history that he had as well. I think the year he won the Heisman. So, wow. Um, yeah, he's up there. I, I don't know. I'm not gonna say I'm picking him yet because we're gonna go through some other, go guys, through some other guys. But he is he is pretty. He's, that's tough to top. That's tough to top. Started off strong. Um, I'm going to follow up here, though, with a guy that I think gives Barry a run for his money. And that's the glove, Gary Payton. I think Gary is one of the more underrated uh, guys as far as like top players of all time in the NBA. Um, best smack talker. Oh, I mean, everyone who watched um, the the Jordan documentary when they got to those finals, they played with the super the finals, but they played with the SuperSonics. Gary just talked about how much he was John with Jordan and how he just loved getting other people's skin. And and, and players that got into the league later, because he had a stint with Miami towards the end of his career. Uh, people talk about how like if they were either on the team with Gary in practices or against Gary, he was. He, so competitive, always gonna oh, be yeah. in your in your shit, and always gonna just get on your grill and, and talk anything to get inside your head. It was a part of the game for him, and I think like one thing that he also did that 
it makes him unique compared to some of the greats is like all his offense was made from defense. He was known for his on-ball defense and, and presence, getting steals, pickpocketing guys. That's why they called him the glove. Um, he was going to D up your best guy, and he was going to get. He was going to take take the cookies from him per se. So I mean, he and his stats though. I mean, where where it gets tough when it comes to comparing him to a Barry Sanders, and when it comes to cross sports references, is is the stats. Only sixteen point three points a game, three point nine rebounds, and six point seven assists. Um, Nine time All Star though, and he was a Hall of Famer, so great player in his own right. Um, He has uh, he has a son who's who's coming up toward the range, Gary Payton Jr. Um, What he went to? Yeah, he went to Oregon State. Um, and then uh, obviously played for Seattle for the majority of his career. Always wore number 20, except for his first couple of years in, in Seattle. He wore number two. Um, he was also a nine-time all-defensive player. He was an all-rookie. Uh, steals champ in the 96 season. Let's see um, what how many steals he had in that 96 season. Steals, 2.9 steals per game. That's high. That's, that's really what he averaged for steals that per, was game? The average per game. Oh my god, that's, that's insane. Be, for his whole career. That's gotta be that, one of the highest averages. Yeah, that's so crazy. Sad. And I mean, like, so he had one his first season. He averaged over two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight seasons. He averaged over two steals per game. So, uh, pretty solid, solid defensive player. And and I don't think that uh, he gets as much credit as he deserves. He was the first round, second pick by the Seattle in 1990 and then he was inducted to the Hall of Fame in 2013 so that's Gary the glove um, Carl why don't you take it away and I mean I know you got three guys here on the gridiron that um, are known as some of the best D-backs yeah yeah let's take it back to the to the gridiron um, so three defensive backs I want to talk about that are I think worthy of a consideration, but B, one of them may be in consideration for the best number twenty. I think. Mm. Um, I'll start with like the least or the worst in quotations to the best, in my opinion. Uh, but Rondé Barber, um, we'll kick it off with him. Um, obviously, twin brother of Tiki Barber, longtime Giants running back. Uh, but Rondé played his entire career with the Tampa Bay Bucks. We love that loyalty. Um, what is that? Third. 15 seasons with the Bucks, so wow. long, very long career. Um, and he was just an interception machine. He had 47 career interceptions. One year he had 10 in one season, which is wild. Um, and then he also had 12 career defensive touchdowns, with, which is pretty impressive too, almost one per season, which you don't see all that often these days. Um, he was a three-time All-Pro Super Bowl champ, and he was on the 2000s Hall of Fame team. Um, so very impressive for Ronda, um, especially at a cornerback. Um, yeah. I mean, for us growing up, I mean, he was probably the cornerback until, like, Revis came along, Yep, I would yep. say. Um, yeah. Kind of passed the, cho- the torch there. But Ronda, I don't think he's the best out of, out of these defensive backs, but he had a very solid solid career before you move on from Rondé um interesting story that I heard I read I actually read uh a bio an autobiography by the Barbers a while back and 
So he's, they're from Roanoke, Virginia, the Barbers, Tiki and, and, and Rondé. And the father supposedly played football or had some type of affiliation with Virginia Tech. They were recruited heavily by Virginia Tech and UVA, obviously, yep. being mm-hmm. in Roanoke. When it came down to the decision, uh, because the, their dad ended up being like not a part of the family, the mom made them go to UVA. Really? To rival against Virginia Tech. That's insane. So they both went to UVA. Trash. And yeah, obviously we have a Virginia Tech alum here. But um, I thought that was always interesting because, like, even though UVA, I guess they would, it's obviously a rivalry, I feel like Virginia Tech is definitely, like, it's definitely far and beyond the better football yeah. program. As oh, far my as God. Historically. Yeah. Virginia, yeah. yeah. So, it's, it, I mean, uh, basically, I just think it's interesting because. You know, I think the clear choice if you want to and eventually go to the NFL is go to Virginia Tech, but they go to UVA. They still make it, and obviously both of them had had great careers. But that's just the little tidbit I want to throw in about Ronda. Very interesting. Love that little yeah family family drama there. So so good. Um. All right, lost my tab. All right, here we go. So the next defensive back safety Brian Dawkins. A.K.A. B-Doc, A.K.A. Wolverine, A.K.A. Weapon X. <laughs> Never heard him been called Weapon X, but interesting. Um, so he's kind of the next guy. Um, probably not quite as good as the last guy I talked about, but Brian Dawkins. Um, went, he actually played college ball at Clemson, which kind of surprised me because I don't think Clemson was that great, like probably back when he was mm-hmm. in college. Uh, but he's a Hall of Famer. Nine-time Pro Bowl, four-time All-Pro. He's also on that 2000s Hall of Fame team. Um, he split his career between Philly and Denver. I think he played 13 years with Philly, three with Denver. Um, but I think he's most well-known for, at least he's just like a passionate guy. Oh like, he God. used to come oh out of the tunnel. Crazy. Like, remember him coming out of the tunnel at home games in Philadelphia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be, like, crawling on the he ground, like, like, banging his head. Yeah, yeah. Him and Ray Lewis, Insane. dude. Like, those are the two guys. When I, when I think of, like, energy, and energy, it's just, oh, like, yeah. I don't know what they do in the locker room before they get out on the field, but yeah. you got to wonder. And he used to wear that dark black visor. So yep. Oh. He just looked like a scary dude Also, out he there. was just huge. Yeah. Brian Dawkins just jacked in every sense of the free word. Free safety, right? For, yeah. Yep. For a, he was, oh my Six god. Six foot two ten for a free safety. That's, that's, I mean, huge. that's a big man. Did he, was he, now, uh, this is kind of going back going back a little bit. Did, do, you, do you know anything about his college career? Did he play, like, linebacker in college? I, I don't some, know. Because I feel like some, I feel like a lot of people you see, even even from the high school level to the college level, I feel like these big, like, sometimes they move these big guys, if they just have a little bit of quickness, they move them back to safety, yep. and then they end up being freaking filthy. So I could totally see him being, like, an, an outside so linebacker a, He's a three-year starter at free safety. Yeah, for Clemson. Oh, so he's always okay. yeah. So in guess, the NFL, it says free safety was his position up until his last two years in Denver, and they moved him to strong safety. Mm. So, who knows? But yeah, so Brian Dawkins, like I said, Hall of Famer, just scary dude. Um, some of his career stats though are pretty impressive. He had um, thirty-seven career picks, which is also That's pretty impressive good. for a safety. Um, and he had a, only he had well I, I want to say only but he had three career defensive touchdowns so not nearly as many as Ronde there but uh, this dude was just a tackling machine too like he led the league in in tackles one year as a free safety I'm seeing so. that Eagles defense though was unreal I mean there's a few names that come to mind like Trotter wasn't Trotter on that squad um, Jeremiah Trotter he like lived so good he would like lived around the corner for me oh really yeah. <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure but those team, those Eagles teams were filthy. Like they and they went to well, the Super Bowl. Did, yeah. And yeah, then they just never ended Javon up. Curse. Javon Curse is another monster. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Um, probably should know some other guys, but um, sorry, right. you. you're a Steelers fan. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So Brian Dawkins, we'll move on. The final defensive back, Ed Reed, who I think has the best chance to actually win this number. Mm. Um, Edward Earl Reed Jr. is his full name. Um, he was a first-round draft pick for the Ravens back in uh, 2002 from Miami, Florida. So uh, he was one of those guys in college, just real quick. I mean, he was one of the guys that kind of started, like, the whole U swag thing the they had. Game, oh, right? yeah. Yeah. That they had going on. Like, when you think of the U, you think of Ray Ed Lewis. Reed. You think of Ed Reed. Um, you think of, like, Willis McGahee. Jeremy Shockey. But that that was when Miami was, like, really good. All those guys played on the Ravens you just mentioned. It. Well, except for Shockey. But I didn't know Ray Lewis McGahee, all those I'm pretty guys. sure he did, right? I, don't, I think sure. so, too, yeah. This Where's our wild. producer? Where's our producer on the one? This is why. This is why we don't. We have a really strict PTA. Yeah, policy. Miami. Okay. He went to Miami. All right. Swag. Good job, brain. Good job, brain. <laughs> All right. Anyways, so some of his accolades. I mean, the, the the guy's a beast as well. Hall of Famer, nine-time Pro Bowl, five-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champ. So like Rondé there. Yep. Um, he was also on this Hall of Fame 2000s team. That team is just stacked. As, as we crazy. Yeah. Oh my god. And he won defensive Sucks. player of the year in two thousand four with the Ravens. Uh, so he didn't play as long as the other two. He only played a total of twelve years, it looks like. Um, but he still had some crazy numbers. He had sixty four career picks in twelve years. Wow. Which is Isn't that is that most all He was time? a strong safety. I think that's right? most all time. Uh, he split between strong and free safety. Okay. So mostly strong with the Ravens and then well, like what's, they, what's the biggest difference between a strong safety? What would the characteristics of a strong safety? Oh, I thought safety it was mostly about free safety. A free safety. I guess I'm wrong. Uh, I mean, nowadays it's strong safeties normally play like linebacker. So yeah. yeah, that's free safeties thought, are yeah. normally like the farthest guy back gotcha. in terms of just coverage. Because when I think of free safety, I think of more like a ball hawk. Like he's going to be the interceptor, and the strong safety is going to be more involved than like like you said, the linebacker and like. And it, he yeah. could definitely do both, though. I mean, that dude yeah. could come up and make a hit for sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Football Reference has his first four years with the Ravens as strong safety for his position, and his last six or seven as free safety. So I'm sure he played both. But um, yeah, so like I said, 64 career picks, which is just insane. Which says um, that's seventh all time here. Crazy. Yeah. And he had, let's see, nine career defensive touchdowns. Um, so, I mean, the guys. I mean, That's a ball crazy. hawk, as as we know, and I mean, he, him, and Ray Lewis helped the Ravens win that Super Bowl. What was that? Two thousand one, two thousand two, or something, or two thousand. Or, or was he on it? The first one. He was on the second one when they beat the Forty ers Ed Reed was right. Maybe That's right. I guess that was maybe that was his one. But anyways, he. I mean, him and Ray Lewis were the centerpiece of the Ravens defense for years. So think about trying to scheme against those two. Like they just, like they're they're gonna they're gonna be they're just smart defensive players too. Yep. yep. Um, Matt, let's pass it back to you here. Nice to the court to the Argentinian Manu Ginola. Oh, Manu, love this guy. Well, he's all right. No, he's good. <laughs> Seems like a good guy and a pretty damn good basketball player as well. Yes. Um. So when I think of Manu, and I think when everyone thinks of Manu, it's him playing with the Spurs winning multiple uh, 
NBA titles, and also that trio of him, Tim Duncan, and uh, Parker. Yes, Tony Parker. Tony Parker. Um, <laughs> they. I mean, they were pretty much. I mean, that that squad for so long. They were just so dominant. They just yeah. constantly. And then Popovich on top of that. So consistent, making the playoffs every single year, it seems like, yep. going to the finals. Um, and himself, I don't think I don't think he was – he was more of a, what, like a six – he started a little bit more of a six-man, I, mean, I guess. I he's always been this, I feel like, like he's kind of been – Yeah, like, yeah. He could literally play the one to the three. He was always yeah. been defensively where he could D up to the three. Exactly. And then on the offensive side, I mean, they even trusted when they wanted – He was Parker to have a break, he would bring the ball up. For sure. Easily. And um, so yeah, that, that's what was really interesting. He was the, he was probably the skill wise, probably one of the best six men that we've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. And he and he was low key. I mean, he had that sneaky kind of like athleticism too, like pretty athletic, yes. could jump. Yes. Pretty high, like they're right. like you, sometimes you see him drive down the that's, lane and just post or someone or like just dunk. And you're like, where did that right. come from? Right, and that, and, that uh, and, and that goes to like people always say. Oh, he's fast, but not quick. Manu was not fast, but he was quick. Exactly. Quick yeah. to getting to, from A to B. For and sure. He figured out how to do it. And uh, he had Big some crowd. moves in his arsenal that were why like like things that transferred that people still really can't do. Like he has like he was always known that when he drove, if he wanted to switch hands, a lot of the times he would go around the back of oh, yeah. the rim. Yeah. Instead of just moving it over. And it was very, very interesting. Very European-esque. Um, very interesting player. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, just like probably one of the best European players ever, right? In the history of the NBA. International. International. Sorry, sorry. Not, but, yes. not European, but yeah. Um, international. But uh, yeah, we'll jump into a little bit of this uh, stuff here. Four-time NBA champ. Two-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA. And points-wise, I mean, because he wasn't, like, the star or anything by any means. It's kind of more of that just role-player type guy, but could get you a bucket and just could pretty much do everything out there. Certified bucket. Yeah. So he didn't didn't have that many points per per his whole career per game, but 13.3, then 3.5 total rebounds per game, and then 3.8 assists. And, um... Yeah, overall pretty efficient, and uh, definitely it's a got it done on both ends of the floor. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's I think that's pretty much it. Oh man, for a little into the advanced stats here, box plus minus for his career was five, which is really that's really good. good for a, for a full career. Yeah. Like that is actually exceptional. I didn't think he'd be that high, but he's that's really good. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's Manu. Shout out Manu Ginobili. Um, I don't know if he's going to take number 20, but he's definitely really he's solid. solid. He's solid. Yeah, you got to when you talk about number 20, you got to talk about You got to bring the, him up. When we when we were first starting to plan out this episode, he was the first guy that came to mind mainly, mainly cuz I follow basketball the most. Exactly. But he is, I mean, it's funny like not a lot of people have worn 20. Like good players have worn 20. Like you know who the next person that came came in mind right off the bat was? Eric Snow. Eric Snow, oh, yeah. the the basically the guy who just happened to be next to Allen Iverson. Yeah, yeah, he was just there. Court. He was kind of there <laughs> with Allen. That's right. Yeah, but he wasn't. He actually was kind of solid. Pretty good. He was basically brought the ball up, and pass it to Allen, and then go to the corner. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was his role. But for some reason, he comes to mind when I think of number twenty. But anyways, let's move to the diamond. 
Um, Frank Robinson, Frankie Rob. Outfielder, first baseman. A lot of people know him for his managing days, but let's talk about his baseball days. Hall of Famer, two-time MVP, uh, majority of his career, at the beginning of his career, it's, it's pretty much half and half. Majority of his career at the beginning was with Cincinnati, and then he moved over to Baltimore. And then at the end of his career, he, play, he had a little stint with Cleveland. He had, he had a cup of coffee in Cleveland, as they like to say. <laughs> but um, we talked about it before we got on air here. He do, There is a statue at Camden Yards for Frank Robinson. Um, Shout out Camden Yards. And he uh, he was the first manager for the what we know now as the Washington Nationals. He was a manager also in Montreal before they moved to D.C. But um, Frank Robinson um, is just one of those guys has always made – I mean, he's one of the uh, first uh, – is he – I don't want to get this statement incorrect. Was he the first African American manager? Can we fact check that before I before I completely claim? You got enough. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure he was he's one of, he was one of the first got first at one of the first at least. Frank Robinson. It says here, first Mayley's African-American first American black manager. manager. Right? Wow. Yeah. So um, he made. He he was he was big in that, and um, obviously wow. there's been some more after him. Dusty Baker is another one that comes to Come mind. Right off the bat, yeah. Um, but yeah, Frank Robinson has been very important to the game of baseball, the growth of the game, and uh, just bringing in diversity with that. His stats, though, for baseball, I didn't want to get too far away from his his actual playing career. 586 home runs. What? So yeah, he he was really a holy crap. A 107.2 WAR. Matt, I know you love your WAR. I know you that's, do. That's that's uh, yeah, nice. <laughs> just over 2,900 hits. Oh, can I get to three three thousand? Bummer. Uh, let me see his his best his best average season. 316 was his best season for average. That was in Baltimore when he was 30, 1966. Um, but his career average. So this dude played way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. two ninety four career batting average. So solid player. Third base, right? First base and outfielder. I have him listed as here on on Baseball Reference. But who am I thinking of? Oh, I'm thinking of Brooks Robinson, the other Orioles guy. He oh, the Orioles guy. That's yeah. right. That's right. From B, but uh, Frankie. Frankie's from Beaumont, Texas. Born August 31st, 1935. Passed away recently in February 7th, 2019. He's from L.A. Or no, he, he, no, I'm sorry. He's from Beaumont, Texas, like I said. <laughs> He's he, from died, he died in L.A. Okay. Damn. He died in L.A. But it says here he went to high school in Oakland, California. So he probably he moved what? around, it seems like. Yeah. Um, debut was in 56. On his debut game, he had three at-bats, two hits, um, his last game of his career was in 1976. He had one at bat for the for the Indians against Baltimore. Uh, he had a hit, an RBI, and he was inducted to the Hall of Fame in 1982. Uh, voted by Baseball Writers Association on 370 of 415 ballots. So, um, nickname was the Judge or Pencils, but uh, that's that's Frankie. <laughs> that's Pencils. Frankie Robinson. <laughs> Uh, while we stay in baseball, I think I got the last few people here. Mike Schmidt, Philly guy. Go Phillies. 
first, he was a corner corner infielder, first and third baseman. Yes, sir. Born in '49 in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, was drafted by the Phillies uh, in the second round. He came from Ohio U in Athens. I've been to Ohio University campus actually. Solid nice, campus. Nice place. Nice. Nice place. I was only there for a cup of coffee, as <laughs> as one would say, but um, I didn't stay there long. His debut <laughs> game was in '72. He had three at bats against the New York Mets, one hit. Last game was in '89. Uh, he just had three at bats and, and no change. Um, let's take a look here at his uh, accolades. Full name is Michael Jack Schmidt. Um, nicknamed Schmitty. Everyone would guess that. I mean, come on now. Let's get a little creative. Uh, <laughs> Hall of Fame. That's gonna dock. That's gonna dock him when it comes to the best number twenty. But we we digress. Hall of Famer, three-time MVP, twelve-time All-Star, World Series in nineteen eighty, ten-time Gold Glove, six-time Silver Slugger, World Series MVP. Uh, besides number twenty, he wore number twenty-two. Uh, I don't know how many years he wore twenty-two. Isn't he a five hundred home run? Looks like oh, he just yeah. wore it for one season. He, 548. 548 home runs. He's really stacking up the... Yep. Yep. The Let's see his batting average. 267. So not up with Frankie Robb. He's a power guy. Power guy, though. Power. That's, that's what you typically are when you're a corner corner infielder, I feel that's like. That's right. But Mike Schmidt, definitely one of the better... Matt, would you agree one of the better Phillies of all time? He might be the... Yeah, it might be the best, honestly. I don't know if... Mm-hmm. Who is better? When than I hear uh, Schmidt, so when you know, I read I his know. full, this, but yeah, this, one is of kinda, the... this is kind of silly. When I was reading his full name, Michael Jack Schmidt, it kind of made me think of that song. His name is my name too. Whenever we go out, people always shout. I love that song. Actually, I must name my fantasy team that. But I digress. I digress. Okay, so I got two more people on here before we make a big decision. Let's go to the ice. I got, I got one more. Too. You got one more. Who do you got? Who do you got? Vroom, vroom. NASCAR. Oh. Oh. Should we do hockey first or NASCAR first? Actually, let me, let me go through this hockey guy real yeah, quick. Yeah. Because we're not a hockey podcast. We, we clearly are not a hockey yeah. podcast. But we'll but we on. love it, though. We love We do love it. Uh, Ed Belfour um, was a goalie uh, for the, let's see who he mainly played for. Dallas and Toronto, and then he had, a, he had a cup of coffee in Florida. I'm saying that as much as possible today. <laughs> um, oh, he also played for San Jose. It's not letting me see the full screen because hockey ref. Oh, yeah. Chicago, San Jose, Dallas, Toronto, and then the cup of coffee in Florida. The cup of coffee. Um, wins and losses. He had 43 wins in his second year in the NHL with Chicago. 200 wins total. Hall of Famer. 99 cup winner. Um, Love that. He won a slew of the other awards that we just don't know about. And then um, three-time All-Star. Wore number 20 for majority of his career, but he also wore number 30, 31, and 1. I mean, we stated on that first episode. It would be technically the second episode, but episode number 1. That number 1 is a very prominent goalie number. So, not surprised there. But... I was actually I read the read the number wrong. Four hundred eighty four wins for his total career, um, and he had a save percentage of point nine oh six. Pretty good, right? Pretty 90. good. It's just 90. yeah. 
Not I mean, is that good? I don't know. One I of feel them. like I feel like the best goalies are like mid nineties. Here, let's no? see. Let's, before we move on to NASCAR, let's see. I'm gonna look up the best goalies percentage. of all time, and let's see where see he stacks percentage. up. That gives us a good idea on where he will stack up uh, for for Barry Sanders. So we we said Barry Sanders was a top three running back of all time. Let's see if he's right. even in this top fifteen list. By Bleacher Report for Goldie's top five source. list. I saw. Um, da, 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 da. Going through. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm not seeing Eddie. Not Eddie, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm seeing a lot of names that we've we've mentioned before. But it looks like that you're not going to make the cut, my guy. <laughs> Anywho. Sorry, Eddie the Eagle. Sorry, Eddie. That or is crazy, a womp, Eddie. Womp, womp. crazy Eddie. Crazy Eddie. That apparently had some uh, quirks and off ice antics that gave him that nickname. So really, shout out Crazy Eddie. He was Crazy Eddie. All right, let's uh, let's move over to the racetrack. Tony Stewart, Carl, tell us about him. All right, over the NASCAR vroom vroom. Tony Stewart. Vroom vroom. So I'm not going to spend too much, but he had his career. He has 49 Cup Series wins. Um, which is tied for 15th all-time in NASCAR, so not great. But he was a three-time cup champion, which is pretty solid, 2002, it's 2005, 2011. Wow. Um, but a lot of people I'm reading think he could have had a lot more wins. He retired at the age of 45, uh, mainly because he was involved in that like wreck that uh, killed uh, Kevin Ward Jr. Remember oh, that back yeah. in yep, uh, yep. 20, I do say, 2014? That. Really? that was like a big deal, yeah. He was like one of, I think there was... It was a three-car wreck or something, but he was one of the drivers that was in the wreck. So that's oh, wow. one of the main reasons why he retired, I guess, a little early. Uh, yeah, but yeah, scary. Tony Stewart, I mean, I remember him in like the Home Depot 20 car. That's kind of how I remember. Yeah, he's one of those Tony guys Stewart. that if you didn't follow NASCAR, if you follow sports, you still you would know still who know. he is. Yeah, you exactly. still know who he is. And that, and that says something. We, we said that on the we, – we value that on the pod. So. That's right. Yep. That's right. So vroom, vroom. That's vroom, all I got. Vroom. All right, so we got one more guy here. On the pitch, soccer. Ole Gunnar. I'm definitely butchering his name, but I'm gonna say how I think it is. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. That's right, folks. <laughs> he is um, uh, from Norway. Uh, he actually stood out to me because of his bio here on it's it's football football breath uh, reference. Six-time Premiership champion. He is from Matt's favorite, uh, Max's favorite club, Manchester United. God, all these guys play for me. This is crazy. <laughs> but he is a six-time Premiership champion. He is a Champions League champion in 1989, 1999, and he also won the 1996 Norwegian Nixon Award. Um, yeah, he. Uh, but he was supposedly, um, and I'm sure Max could speak more to this, but he uh, was a main, a really key player for those earlier, those late 90s, early 2000s um, Manchester United teams. But without further ado, let's pick. Let's go around. We only got three people today here. Let's pick who is the best athlete to wear number 20. Um, Who's going first? Matt, I'll let you go first. 
Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, Barry Sanders. Barry. Um, Carl, you're next, and I and I have a feeling you're gonna go with the guy that you were describing about. Well, actually, defensive-minded guy you are. I I am defensive-minded for sure, but uh, in all ac- things. After hearing Mike Schmidt, I actually would put him like number two ahead of Ed Reed, but I'm also gonna go with Barry Sanders. Yeah, Mike Schmidt was like low key. I didn't realize he won that many Gold Gloves and stuff. Yeah, he was solid. He was really good. I have his baseball card actually in my baseball card collection. I do have one. Actually, shout that's out to Sam. That's a prized possession. I don't know how valuable baseball cards are anymore, but um, oh, they're valuable. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I've been trying to kind of formulate something in my mind that could go against Barry, but um, I'm not too keen on, on doing that. So. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna go with Barry too. I think it's unanimous. I feel like Max. I feel like Max would do the same thing. Um, it's just it's just hard to go against that guy. We we had some cases where we we could have said we could have made a little bit of an argument, but even those great guys like Ed Reed, Mike Schmidt, it does a ten time All Pro guy, literally first year in the league All Pro. And yeah. like you mentioned about like you watch these highlights of him, and first, it's yeah. just it's just kind of like yeah. Unreal, he, like it's not a human being almost. It really didn't make a lot. Of, it really didn't make a lot of sense. You just like, couldn't tap. Like no one could no tackle. Him. He, he, had, like, he like, had butter on him. <laughs> he had some pam oil. Also, like, all Speed those highlights, shoot. he was like almost getting tackled in the backfield, which meant yeah, his yeah. line probably stunk on the lines, and he, exactly. was, he just had to make it work himself. You know. So, good for Barry. Barry, will, our team will reach out to you. Uh, congratulations for winning number twenty, <laughs> first number <laughs> of season Barry. three. Shout good out job, to Barry. Barry. Um. We gotta pick our Thursday night game. Oh, that's right. Yes, we do. I actually have. Um, Let me get my notes up. You want me to get Treggy in here? Yeah. First, uh, he's going. We should uh, probably text Max too. That's right. Yeah. Someone. All right. Yeah. I'll just say Treggy, but he's going thirty-one to twenty-four. Seattle. Who they play? Over. Wait, what's the game? It's Seattle. Cardinals at Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. Cardinals at Seahawks. Cardinals at Seahawks. All right. So what was that, Matt? He's Greg. going. 31 to 24 Seahawks. Okay. I'm going Seattle 28, going Cardinals 21. 28 21 Seahawks. Yeah. Um Matt, go ahead. Um I think this is probably going to be pretty close and probably decently high scoring. Since Seattle can't stop anyone, Russell Wilson, uh, per Colin Coward, is the best football player in the world. Oh my god! So they, the Seattle's not even Seattle doesn't even look good. They didn't even okay. Um, uh, let me go. Sorry, I'm all over the place right now. Twenty. What'd you do, Nate? I did twenty-eight, twenty-one, Seattle. I'm gonna go twenty-eight to. 24 and Arizona's gonna win. Zona trusting Kyler. Wow. All right, Gats, what we got? All right, I'm gonna go 35 to 31 Seahawks. 35 31 Seahawks. Okay, do we get Max? Anyone text him? <laughs> he's on PTO. Max TBD. We'll text we'll, him. Later. We'll text him. Yeah. We'll text him. Who knows what he's doing right now? Shouts to Max, though. 
I thought he's working. He's actually on PTO. I thought he's working. Well, he's on PTO for the pod. Uh, we have uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So pretty flexible PTO. Yes, very flexible here um, on the 0-100 so podcast. He put, it in, he put it in a while ago, and you we actually, had to accept it. Yeah. You actually make more when you're on PTO for the, for the That's pod. right. It's remarkable. Yeah. No one really does that? No one does that. Except it's, for that's us. That's one of the only benefits <laughs> that is very unique on this podcast. You make more money the less you work. So that's that. That's that's a pitch out there for anyone who wants to come and work for the Zero Two Hundred podcast. But um, I guess one more thing we could do before we sign off here, and we haven't done it in a while. But is there anything that you can't believe? Can't believe anybody. I mean, it doesn't have to be Carl. Yeah. I'm looking at Carl, but does anybody have anything they just can't believe? Um. Yeah, Actually, tonight the Sixers yeah. got rid of Al Horford. So, uh, <laughs> shout out the Sixers. So you can't just can't really believe, believe they actually got a deal for him. Like, what can you I can't believe? About? Yeah, I can't believe someone that we got it done, and it's somewhat even. You know, it doesn't seem too lopsided. Mm-hmm. So, can't believe that. Yeah, uh, we're, actually, a bit, we're a little bit too early for my can't believe because Lord knows that the Knicks, I'm wearing my Knicks hat right now as we record this with the draft <laughs> coming up, we we know the Knicks are going to pick somebody just absolutely obscene. In fact, I made a prediction yeah. earlier that they're going to pick a five foot five point guard from Madagascar <laughs> who just learned how to draw a triangle in the sand. And they're gonna think that he's a basketball genius. That's he's a draft and stash. That's a draft. at the eighth pick, right? I mean, or whatever the next. I mean, we got Frank Nilakina. <laughs> I mean, so I mean that's panning out well. What are the odds? It's a dude from overseas. The Israeli dude. Yeah. They're, no, they're, just anyone. Oh well. Or do they pick a, an in-state there's college Israel, guy? There's this Israeli dude that not many people have film on that the Knicks are eyeing. Wait, is that dude supposed? <laughs> is no that surprise the there? No surprise there. I'm pretty sure that dude's got a. And he's good. I mean, he's, he's good. He's, he's going to go like top five, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, but supposedly they're they're pushing him down to the Knicks. I wouldn't or be maybe. surprised. It's going to be. I think this draft is going to be really interesting. One, it's not a strong draft. We know that it's not a strong draft. I think that the Lamelo yeah. Ball situation will be super interesting because I feel like that the first few teams have clear needs. Yeah, exactly. And then you got teams like the Knicks that just want anything. So I could see. Lamelo dropping to eight or, or that far. If, if, if the if the people in the top three are like, eh, I don't really want to gamble with them, I can see New York being like, we do, fuck it, <laughs> let's get after it. Because I mean, you know, Lamelo in New York, I mean, that's just fucking money out the out the ass. So yeah, for sure, Lavar would love that. Uh, yeah, he would. That's big for the big baller brand. I mean, he was upset when Alonzo uh, left LA to New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans, what else can't we believe, though? Uh, I'm actually going to go to Tiger Woods for my kind of belief. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, nice. He, I mean, I don't want to rag on Tiger, you know, but he shot it. He had a 10 out of par 3. Yeah. Which, I mean. That happens. We've seen it. We've seen it in our own games. I, I mean, he he looked like me out there. So, I, <laughs> although was, I, I will say, rough. I can't remember the last time I got a 10 on a hole. Me either. I mean, I've had a lot of a lot of snowballs and a lot of nines, but a ten is. I mean, is, that's a lot of strokes. Is wild, especially on a par three. Yeah. Which is which is crazy though, because you know, going into the weekend, the storyline was, oh shit, can Tiger do this again? Because Tiger was playing really well yeah. going into the weekend, and then he kind of just folded. But that's that happens. That's right. with, that happens with age. It was that an ast- age. It was an asterisk Masters. He's gonna win next year, no doubt. Yeah, I mean he's. Man. I mean, uh, he 
What's funny about Tiger is like all these guys have these thick books, these thick yardage books, where every, every wherever it bounces, where the greens are going. Tiger has this little piece of paper that he keeps in his pocket. The guys played the played Augusta so many freaking times. Yeah, he's like, I know where every ball is gonna go, whatever with every live. I know exactly how it's gonna fly out of every single cut of grass. I don't need this big book in my pocket. It's annoying, yeah. and I'm just gonna keep this little sheet of paper. My boy Joey Lacaba's got got the rest, and that and that's it. But we're not gonna bore you with our golf talk here. Um, we're gonna sign off. That's episode twenty. If you've listened this far, thank you. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, or the Morning Read, MorningRead.com, and follow us on Instagram for the latest updates. We don't. I mean, we've been slacking lately with the posts. Um, that's on me, but we're going to get back to it. So uh, follow us for season three, 20 through 29. Uh, it's only getting better from here, folks. Till the meantime, Drizzy, take it away.